And now, switching over to our next topic, here in Good Morning America, we'll be breaking down newscaster voice. What is it? Who has it? And how do you get it? All this and more after the break. I've been thinking a lot about newscaster voice because what, 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 what is that? How do people get newscaster voice? I'm asking because I think it is so hysterically funny that we decided that every person who tells us our news in the whole world should talk the same. Not the whole world, the whole country. I once read an article about how there is like a perfect quote-unquote neutral accent that American news stations look for when they hire anchors um, because it's considered, yeah, just like very neutral by everyone. Like they don't have too much inflection or accent in any direction. But that also doesn't really make sense to me because there shouldn't be any neutral accent, right? Isn't everyone's own accent neutral to them? And then anything that's not your own accent probably sounds super annoying and weird. Like, if everyone says their vowels differently, there's no way to say which ones are, like, the default, right? Like, how do we pick that? But even if there is that, I mean, do we think? Because it's not just the accent, right? It's, like, the way that they emphasize and, like, inflect their words. So do we think that TV stations just, like, go around the country, like, hunting kids that talk like that? Like, they're like, Mrs. Sheffield, Billy stole my lunch and he told me that he wouldn't give it back unless I ate a frog from outside. Over to you. I also want to know where the history of newscaster voice comes from because in my opinion it is the worst way to possibly tell a headline or explain a story at all. There's no emotion and also all the pausing and the emphasis in the sentence is on the wrong spot so it takes something Can you guys hear these sirens? Hopefully not. Okay, this is editing cam, and um, yeah, clearly you guys can hear the sirens. It takes something actually like emotional and important, um, as most headlines are, and turns it into something like very, um, like washed out and very distant sounding. Like, let's think of something very harrowing. And then try to say it in newscaster voice. Again, I'm working on my newscaster voice. I'm not the best. This is Steve, back for WTOP. And today's headline of the week is a fire over in Sienna Mills that killed 14 dogs and 10 people. We're investigating. Was it on purpose or merely the world's saddest accident? More on this later. Like, that's it. You just took... What? What are you talking about? Why can't you just be like, in tonight's story, we're talking about this tragic fire in the neighborhood that killed 14 dogs and 10 people. Like, when newscasters say it, they're like, the emphasis is on this fire that killed 14 dogs and 10 people. Like, it's just strange. The emphasis should be on the dogs and the people. How do you think... Like, do you think that they train people to speak like that, because I imagine that they must, unless they actually do find kids on the playground. Yeah, I know they probably have to teach people to, like, you know, make sure they pronounce everything super clearly, overemphasize, but, like, do you think they have to sit through classes where they're, like, take a long, deep breath between words where there wouldn't be a natural pause? Just throw that one there to confuse people. And also just make your voice go up and down and up and down, but again, with no particular purpose, just throughout the sentence, just go up 
and then down. We read a headline. Long pause. Like this for no particular reason. That's all. Over to you, Jenny. Have a great night. This is Camelia. Please pick up the phone. I think that if I were born in the olden days, like medieval times, renaissance times, that those aren't the same time period I know, just different ye olden days, um, I think I would have died. Um, well, obviously I, I would have, I'll die no matter what, I would have died in any time period at some point, but um, I just don't think I, that I would have made it very far, and I've just accepted this for myself. I feel like if you had anything other than perfect health back in ye olden days, you just made it to like 14 and then conked out one day. You know, you went to fetch berries from the forest and then you just, that was it for you. You didn't come back. No more berries, no more mate. There's a couple reasons why I think I would have died early. One is definitely that I have bad vision. Um... Like, pretty bad vision. Like, I would immediately get in a car crash if I tried to drive without my contacts or glasses. Like, I can see colors and, and fuzzy shapes, but nothing with distinct detail until I'm up close. So, I just think I would have, like, run into a boar's mouth, or fallen off a cliff, or um, just generally been deemed too stupid to help around the house, and then they'd just, like, take me down to the river or something. Yeah, I feel like vision was was a big one. Like, I feel like if you had kind of, like, mildly bad vision, you could just maybe hide it and just, like, get closer to things. So I think that would have done me in. And just, like, while we're on the topic here, I think it's so funny that, like, before people discovered either, like, illnesses, conditions, whatever, they just assumed that someone was, like, dumb, stupid. People in medieval times would not have been, like, oh, like... I bet Camelia just has bad vision. They would have been like, oh, our daughter is so simple. She cannot even tell the difference between what is a tree and what is not a tree. My dad grew up going to Catholic school. And let me clarify, like Catholic Catholic school, like everyone who taught there was a nun. And he is also left-handed and dyslexic. Now, people did not know what dyslexia was at the time. So they just thought he like, couldn't read properly. They were just like, ugh, didn't do the reading again. And like, how annoying must that be to know that you have like a thing and people just like don't see it. Um, I'd always be like, okay, dad, did they just like think you were the devil <laughs> between the not reading and the, the left-handedness? And he just laughs, which I think means yes. I also have very bad allergies to most things in the outdoors. And I know you're thinking, aren't seasonal allergies a modern day thing? And also, isn't global warming making them worse? Yes to both of those, but this is my artificial scenario and I'm making the rules. So I think you have to take yourself as you are exactly right now and stick yourself back there. So taking myself as I am right now, I have very bad allergies. I'm a sneezy bitch. And when my allergies get really bad, I struggle to breathe and I also get really bad sinus headaches. Um, and that's while I'm taking all the modern meds we have now. 
So I definitely think that those would have done me in and having allergies and then getting literally any olden day illness, I would have just been a goner for sure. Like I would have been the first candidate out. I would have had a weak ass system. And you know, I'm okay with that. I think a lot of people would have died early back then unless you happen to have won the lottery and have literally nothing wrong with you. Um, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I actually think it's pretty funny. It's like a game I play with my friends sometimes where we're like, what would be the reason that you would have died like way back when? So I was playing this one time when I was meeting my friend's new boyfriend for the first time. Maybe this gives off weird vibes, but I thought it would be fun. So we're all going around the table. Um, you know, I'm saying my, my bad vision, my friend's saying she's, you know, got a bad knee, you know, my friend, my other friend's like, oh, you know, I have, um, mental illness, so they probably would have just, like, burned me at the stake, you know, well, we're having a good time imagining all of our old-timey deaths. We get to her new boyfriend, and he's, says, absolutely not kidding, like, dead serious, he looks at all of us, and he's like, you know, my family's actually um, English and Scottish, dating way back to the days of the feudal system. So I probably would have just like lived in their castle. And we were like, you suck, man. He's just like, you know, I would have been super fine while you guys were very, very mega dead. And it's like, okay, maybe this is true. Congratulations, Gary, king of the Scottish countryside or whatever. Congrats, Gary, on being like, lord of the scottish countryside or whatever that is such a dick thing to say and i was like man that just taught me everything i need to know and that's so hysterical that he didn't even try to play along we're all pointing out you know these funny weaknesses and he's like i don't know what you guys are talking about <laughs> ladies am i right i would have been totally great and had a great life no matter what time we were in and i was like i respect the honesty but that one hurt you know, though, even I think, even if I were to have perfect health and I wouldn't have died of an ailment, I think for sure I would have just died of boredom way back in the medieval times. I don't really know what they did for fun, um, unless you were, like, super rich, in which case you just feasted on pigs' feet and watched jesters clap things together for you. You guys can tell I'm not really a history buff. Um, I'm just guessing. And even if you go back to the fun sounding times when like the Greek days where people lived in beautiful ornate villas with mosaics on the inside and or you know people went to the Roman bathhouses or um you know Mesopotamia you hang out on the shores of the Nile I like I wouldn't have been sunning myself on the shores of the Nile right like I would have been just like bringing someone a pail of water in any timeline uh, you know, it wasn't like that for most people. The rest of us were just, like, cleaning a bathroom and bringing the newspapers around, you know, <laughs> being a scribe for someone else with more power. And I think that it sounds really fucking boring. I think that in so many of these historical societies that we learn about, if you're not one of the, like, four people who had a house, it was probably, like, just really dull and monotonous all the time. And not to sound like an absolute screenager, but literally anything I do now, I wouldn't be able to do then. Like, obviously, my phone, um, reading, TV. Yes, I know that books existed, but who says I would have been able to read? Um, TV, I guess they had, like, plays, but, like, would I have been able to afford a play? I don't know. I guess, like, being outside and hanging out with friends I could have. 
and maybe like listening to music but music also to a much lesser degree like we just listen we just consume so so much more stuff than anyone in the past could probably comprehend of just like the amount of information and entertainment that we take in every day brains are always just like snacking on all of that and like I know this is not a segue that makes sense, but this is how my brain works. I was thinking about this and I was like, no wonder romance authors write so many historical sex books. Of course they do. What the fuck else did people do in the olden days besides have sex? And it's such a great subject for a romance novel because it's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to believe that this chick in, in a modern day romance who's like jet setting all over the world is like uh, so excited to be hanging out like going on a date with you know her next door neighbor that she got set up with no of course not of course she's not excited about that but you know who is excited to go out with the blacksmith's son the cobbler's daughter you know what i mean that's probably the most exciting thing that has ever happened to her in her whole life and when it seems really overdramatic and overpassionate in that way that a lot of authors write all like romance and sex scenes, that's believable because that is probably the craziest thing and the most dramatic thing that has ever happened to those people. It's probably the most fun they get to have, like ever. The stakes are so much higher when that's literally like the most fun thing you have. Like all you have going for you is like, you know, the yearly festival of the harvest and sex. That's it. No wonder they're excited in all of these books. I don't know why we consider all societies before ours to be more prude, because I'm sure they were really getting busy all the time, because you're really just running out of options for things to do. Like, you know what's always free if you're like a working class laborer who doesn't have loads of money? Sex. You can always have sex. It's, it's, it's really the working man's play. You don't have to be in a certain part of the world or have a certain education level. It's just, it's the great equalizer across all societies. And um, I, I hope that that's what people are up to. Because if we were all going to die of a black plague and fungus of the toes, I hope that people at least had, you know, a little fun before they bit the bullet. When you host a show with guests, it can be hard to know how best to show them off. A smiling photo of them running through a field? A bio listing their accomplishments? Nope, not unless you're channeling 2009. Introducing the solution you'll wish you always had. Stickers of people's faces. Nothing says this is an esteemed guest who is also a close friend, like a close-up cutout of a giant head. Plus. It promotes equality. Everyone looks a little dumb with their neck and body photoshopped out. No more HD selfies or fancy titles when you go with stickers of people's faces. Stickers of people's faces, the silliest way to advertise. When I was in preschool, some kids started getting chicken pox and my parents really wanted me to get it. Um, let me explain this in case you're not familiar with chicken pox and you think that my parents are crazy. So chicken pox um, can basically pass through you really harmlessly when you're a kid. And if you, so if you get it, you get it once and you never get it again. Um, so if you get it when you're younger, you have a much better chance of it being really mild and going away quickly and just, you know, not being a huge issue. If you get it when you're older, it can cause many more issues. 
So my parents were like, let's just have her get it while she's young. It'll go away really quickly. Chickenpox is normally very contagious. Um, but of course, the people who had chickenpox were staying home from preschool. So I wasn't getting it. So my parents came up with a plan with my classmate's friend. So my, my classmate's brother had chickenpox. And my parents sent me over to this little girl's house for what I thought was a playdate. It wasn't a plate at all. It was a setup. Mom and dad, if you're listening, I still hold this against you. It was very traumatic for me. So I get there and it's not a plate at all. Um, my parents tell me that I'm going to be sharing a lollipop with my friend's brother, who was also right around our age, by the way. It was not creepy. <laughs> so this is a way for us to share germs without, you know, like sharing germs. But of course, because I'm supposed to get this illness from him, he just gets to have a normal half of a lollipop. And then I have to have the second half of his like spit covered little boy slobber gross lollipop. I still remember this. It was a dum dum bubblegum lollipop. Back when dum dums were like the single most exciting thing you could be given. And I used to like bubblegum lollipops. And suffice to say, after that, I didn't. I didn't anymore. Um, also not to mention, I had to like suck on this lollipop while everyone was staring at me. Like my parents were just like, yes, get chicken pox. And I was like, oh, why would you do this? I have to share things with a boy. The worst part is I didn't even get chicken pox after that. So I went through all of that for nothing. I just gained a huge fear of bubblegum flavors and I didn't even get chicken pox. I've still never had it to this day. So crossing my fingers about that. I was not a very boy-interested child. Um, I know some kids were, were just very interested in... Some kids just, like, had a lot of interest in that and were, um, you know, having crushes really young and they had their little boyfriends or girlfriends or significant others in, you know, the third grade or they got fake married in preschool. I didn't do any of that. I was so uninterested in boys to the point where I was like kind of a commitment phobe as like a young child. I still remember this because my my parents tell me the story and they make fun of me a lot for it. But one day in the fourth grade, I want to say one of my best friends in school, uh, I don't know, whatever, got a question right or something. So he was given two lollipops. Again, lollipops are really prominent in my childhood for some reason. So he like got a question right and he was given two lollipops by the teacher. Um, Tootsie Pops, which as everyone knows, are even more elite than dum-dums. And he gave one of these Tootsie Pops to me to eat. And I came home, I, I got off the school bus and I ran all the way home and I burst into my house and I was like, guys, guys, my parents are like, what's going on? I'm like, my friend gave me a lollipop and he only had two and he kept the other one for himself. So I, what is, he must, why did he give it to me? I'm so stressed. And my parents were like, they were like, you are such a maniac. Why are you so worried about your friend liking you? Like, just accept the lollipop. And I was like, don't you think it means something? Why would he do this to me? I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, what kind of fourth grader was I that I was so concerned about this? But I really was just so unbothered and uninterested in all of this. I had a lot of really close friends who were boys when I was growing up. People always, you know, like, kids love to talk, love to gossip, so if you spent time with somebody of the opposite gender, everyone around you would be like, oh my god, are you guys dating? Are you, like, into- do you, like, like, like each other? And I was always like, oh my god, no. Ew. God. 
as if I would like a boy. Have you seen them? And especially at that time, at that age, um, you know, before guys go through puberty, you're like, I can run up hills faster than him. I can do more monkey bars than him. I can swing higher than him. I can draw better pictures than him. I can touch my toes. No boy will ever compete with me for that. (laughs) The confidence I had as a kid was just unparalleled. So I I never really had interest. I had all of these close male friends and I just never, ever, ever even thought about anything other than just being friends. Which, I mean, I'm sure is plenty normal also, but a lot of people talked about like having crushes all the time and I kind of felt like such a weirdo for just like being completely unbothered by the thought of dating or romance at all. Like, it just held no appeal. So one time in middle school, it was kind of like the cool thing. You know, this is when people are really starting to experience, like, strong crushes. People are, like, starting to hit puberty and having all of these emotions come out when they see their crush. And I went to a very small middle school, so everyone in the grade um, knew each other. It was, like, a huge fishbowl. Like, yeah, it was super, super tiny. Somehow, like, just everyone started having crushes. Like, all the girls would be whispering to each other, like, so-and-so has a crush on so-and-so, so-and-so has a crush, blah, 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 blah. This is my crush, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, there's not a lot of girls and not a lot of guys. So, really, the, um, the options are starting to dwindle. You know, people are getting picked off left and right. But people were so excited about it. Like, the day that people found out about a new crush, like, oh my god, the, the playground would be just buzzing with people like just running back and forth, spreading the news and we'd be huddling in the corner discussing what this meant. And it was just like this person would be interrogating them on their deepest feelings and what their heart wanted. And it was just crazy. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should just, maybe I should have a crush. Also, very important side note to this, did not have a lot of friends at this point in middle school. So I was like, ooh, maybe this is a good strategy for me. Um, Maybe I just like have a crush on a guy And then I'll be in and I can just gossip them and it'll be like cute and fun and, um, and, and I'll just get to hang out with them and I'll be like the center of attention for a little bit and then they'll like want to be my friend. So I told one girl who I thought was like a cool girl and I was like, hey, um, I, I'm, I have a thing like you can't tell anybody else, you know, it's super personal, but I think I have a crush on Johnny. Johnny was one of my good friends at the school and I was like, you know, he's a nice guy and people know that we're friends So this is probably believable and it started working at first. She was like, oh my goodness Like you and Johnny that would be so cute. I can see it. Tell me more. Tell me more blah 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my god I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm so smart. I can't believe I finally cracked the code to female friendship woohoo and then she goes and um, you know runs away and immediately I start looking around and I'm like oh no oh no eyes are starting to be on me girls are starting to know but I'm like okay okay maybe this is still good she has immediately told you know every other girl but now I'm like okay it's working girls are starting to come over to me they're like I heard you had a crush on Johnny tell us about Johnny blah 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 blah. do you think he has a crush on you let's go blah 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 should we talk to him and I'm like oh no 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 don't don't talk to him uh I just uh but yeah I mean crazy right I'm like I'm love like who cannot believe that I'm in the center of a circle of girls interrogating me. We're all in on this thing together, me and Johnny, me and Johnny. And I've I've done it. I'm in it with them. We all have these different crushes and we're all doing the same thing together. Um, and then we go back to class after recess. Some of us go out in the hallway to like work on a project and cut up construction paper or whatever. And I'm sitting there literally with Johnny 
because we were paired up for this. We were like pair editing other people's essays. So him and I are like reading through each other's papers. This other girl from slightly down the hallway just looks over at us and goes, Hey Cam, didn't you say you had a crush on Johnny? My world starts crumbling. Ah, oh, because it's like, it's, it's so embarrassing in so many ways. Because first of all, I've now been outed for having a crush, which for some reason is just the most embarrassing thing that someone can tell. Like, you not being able to tell someone on your own time, you're just being outed in this awkward way while I'm sitting next to him. But on top of that, I don't even have a real crush on him. I just like, I don't know, I was like, ah, he's a nice boy, whatever. And now it's like turned into this whole thing where I'm gonna like marry Johnny and he's my one true love forever and I'm obsessed with him. He's gonna think I'm like, whatever, we're never gonna be friends again and he was such a great pal. And it's just like, you can like hear the blood rushing in your ears. I'm just like, oh God, oh God, oh God. And Johnny is just sitting there like looking at me like, um, what? And, um, being very awkward and a huge nerd, I went with, um, not fight or flight, just, like, hard ignore, and I just went, yeah, so you're missing a comma here, and here, and here, and just went immediately back to grading his essay way more harshly than I was before, and that was how I got through being outed about my first not really crush. You've reached the voicemail of Camellia. Please hang up and dial again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor.